37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, and this is episode 173, right, guys? Yep. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, on this episode, it's going to be kind of short. Um, a lot of stuff's kind of happened in the last few days. We had kind of an unexpected death in our family, and so um not really in too much of a chatty mood. And then, Preston, you uh, <laughs> fell down and... Yeah. Uh, roughed yourself up pretty good because... Fell down like an old man. You're such an old man, you can't even walk down a handicap ramp. Yeah. (laughs) Dad Dad made the reference tonight after he called me slick. He's like, no, you know what it feels like, because he can't even go from his chair to the bathroom without falling. Oh, (laughs) my God. God, man. (laughs) Oh, man. God. Big John Wiener. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but I think I scored the win tonight for Christmas presents because, like, you know, he said basically all he does is, like, get up and, like, you know, hobbles to his chair and then sits there all day and watches TV. Mm-hmm. And he fiddle, fiddle fucks around with everything. So, like, he'll sit there and try to eat pistachios and then, like, spend, like, five hours just trying to de-shell them. And so we got him, like, one of those meat trays that has, like, the crackers and the cheese. Mm-hmm. And when he was in Vietnam, the only beer he would drink was like Foster's. And so when he got <laughs> back to the States, like he'll treat himself once a year to a Foster's. So <laughs> I went and I bought him like the mini keg of Foster's. And so that's that was his Christmas present. He's like, well, next time you come over, we'll crack it open and drink it together. Because I can only have a sip or two. That's cool, man. <laughs> this guy fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, your, your dad is the very best, man. It was, it was good to see him the other day when we dropped off the piano for Blake. Like, had... If the world wasn't on such a fucking dumpster fire, I would have loved to have just hung out and just talked to your dad and walked over and shook his hand and, and been closer to him. But I just, you know, the way things are, I didn't want to get yeah. too close to Was he? Lo- is he folks. loving that piano, Preston? Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, you know, tell tell your boy Sean he did a fantastic job with that find. He's like, that's a, that's a hell of a deal right there. Hell of a deal. Hell of a piano. <laughs> Does he? That's cool. He's not like a crabby old man if if your son's in there trying to learn. <laughs> Darn it, Andrew. Would yeah. you keep it down? I'm trying to crack the pistachios. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what could you learn to play a piano like that? Thanks, Dad. <laughs> yeah. You dick. That's awesome. Uh, well, I bet you it's know, a... you should have got him a bag of cracked pistachios already well, shelled. So the other day when we were over there, like he was trying to use like a letter opener or like a knife to like oh my God. these pistachios. <laughs> Cro- crocodile Dundee. And so I'm just like, God damn it, mom, why did you give that to him? And she's like, what? So like I went over there and like, I'm like, dad, hand me the knife. And so like I de- de-shelled all the nuts for him. And I'm like, here, now you can eat these. Like you're going to kill yourself. And so for Christmas tonight, um, I told him not to get me anything and just kind of like focus on Jeffrey and focus on the kids. So, yeah. like, mom goes into the kitchen, and she's like, here, here's your Christmas present. And I'm like, what? And it was like a giant bag of pistachios from Sam's. And I'm like, mom, <laughs> why the fuck did you get me those? Well, you gave me such a hard time about, you know, the pistachios. I'm like, no, I gave you a hard time because you, you were, like, almost killing dad with that knife. I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to eat pistachios. <laughs> so then dad's like, I don't fucking want them. I don't like the pistachios and the shells. And then, like, five <laughs> minutes later... He asked Blake to take him over the bag, and then he's sitting there fucking cracking them open and eating them during Christmas. And I'm like, oh, you yeah. old bastard. <laughs> Don't they uh, make, they make like, like, uh, 
Kind of like a nutcracker, like, but for pistachios, right? I think I've seen them to make them easier for or, your ten fingers, dude. Yeah, or you can just buy, you know, the pistachios already deshelled, which yeah, that's what but I no, told they you make to get a the special. I've seen a pistachio opener tool for people a that pistachio have pistachio cracker. Yeah, for people that have them, that have harder time with that. I've seen them. I'm telling you, it's a thing. It has to be. I mean, if they don't have one already, your dad needs to market one, dude. Just sell yeah. old, rusty letter openers. Like, for real, there's a lot of elderly people. Pistachio openers. A lot of elderly people <laughs> that eat that. People make fun of me because I eat the trail mix. Like, it's a good snack. It's good for you. Yeah. yeah and, like, and like, mix. a lot of elderly people eat that shit and they get made fun of. But fuck that, man. Make a, make a specialized pistachio opener. There you go. Million dollar idea. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, pistachio <laughs> nut opener. You can get a couple different ones here. This one's on Etsy right now. There you go. You're welcome. Uh, Knew it. Wow. This is very much a shark tank looking kind of thing too, man. <laughs> it's just like a piece of wire wrapped. It's almost like one of those old uh, hand squeezers, you know, you'd squeeze to build up the muscles in your hands like yeah. that in the 80s. Yeah. kind of looks like that. <laughs> The 80s. Interesting. 80s workouts, Dude, man. I'm sitting here making fun of Preston. And there's all sorts of uh, pistachio openers, apparently. I knew it, yeah. man. They don't mess that was it. a seafood cracker. You got to think, That's... man. People with their hands, like some people, elderly people get arthritis. They don't have the strength. You also have. I'm 35 and I have arthritis. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Don't be ageist. <laughs> I'm not being ageist. I'm just saying. like it's a, That'd be a good handy tool for someone that's elderly that needs help opening pistachio nuts. Damn, you can get two of these things for uh, 26.88, dude. There you go. Told you, man. Preston, Hell of a deal. It's Hell not, of a it's deal. It's not too late. Rush shipping. Frequently bought together pistachio opener and already shelled pistachios. Get out of here, Amazon. You are clearly mm-hmm. drunk. Uh, speaking of uh, being drunk, I'm currently drinking a Shiner candied pecan porter. Oh, man. Huh? Pretty tasty. I, had a um, I love Shiner. Pomegranate, from Texas, I had a so pomegranate uh, Goza when I got home, and then Jeffrey opened up that uh, can of... Uh, Maple blueberry um, pancake goza from that Omnipalo from Switzerland. Mm-hmm. And then she couldn't finish it because she was like feeling kind of like lightheaded. And so she's like, here, you get to have the That's rest of this. It's called being drunk. So I'm like, double win for me. Fucked up my back. Got two beers in me. <laughs> feeling pretty good. Fucked up my back. Fucked up my liver. Yeah. <laughs> or, it was orange can of the feather on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. That, that, that is a rich. That is a rich taste. Oh. oh yeah, and their uh, I had their white chocolate triple Indian IPA mango IPA a couple days ago, mm-hmm. and even that was fantastic. So, <laughs> oh yeah, listen to old man Steven. Can't even <laughs> yeah. hang for more than seven minutes without trying to take a nap. <laughs> um, well, uh, on this episode, I want to admit I kind of goofed. We've got a listener, Kaylee, and uh, she emailed us way back in like. Well, several times. Kaylee emails us quite a bit, and I really appreciate that. But she sent us some correspondence back in August. And I had, Kaylee, I took this email and I saved it in a special folder in our Gmail to where I wouldn't lose it. So I could hold on to it until we got a couple more listener stories. Uh, and then I'd share it with the rest of the listener stories. And it's kind of like Christmas presents that you hide somewhere, and you're like, I'm going to hide this in a special place so I don't forget about it. And then here you are in like June, you know, bringing out somebody's Christmas Or like present. a 20 in your wallet or purse that you forgot about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's exactly. Nice. Um, 
So I'm sorry I didn't include this in the last episode about listener stories, but you know what? It's fine because you get your very own episode because this episode, outside of all the bummer stuff um, in the beginning, this episode is dedicated to you, Kaylee. So Kaylee wrote us back in August and she says, hey guys, it's Kaylee. I just had surgery, so I've been binging your podcast while I try to get healed up. You guys are doing a great job during this difficult time. I always need a laugh, and this show has me rolling. Well, we hope you didn't bust a stitch. Anyway, I didn't know if you guys had shared the story of Olivia Mabel. Um, We haven't, and so at the end of this, we will definitely be sharing that story. It's a fictional story about a tulpa, but it has also been displayed to look real. I also tried to do some research about Wayne Kilmer. My brother... (laughs) Listen, Joe, I hope you're paying attention, buddy. My brother-in-law is also one of Val Kilmer's cousins. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Yeah, I know. I love it. Damn, the synchronicity. I know, right? My sister and I really don't have a relationship, so my mom tried to find out information, but so far she has been unsuccessful. Now, this uh, this email I'm reading you actually is probably back from like maybe September or October, yeah. I think. So I'm, I'm reading some of this kind of out of order here that she sent us. I Congrats on the healing and the surgery. That's tight. Yeah, most definitely. My brother-in-law is also one of Al Kilmer's cousins. My sister and I don't really have a relationship, so my mom tried to find out information. But so far, she has been unsuccessful. One final story that's actually paranormal stuff. A couple of years ago, my cat ran away. My son told me shortly after the cat was dead. He said that he knew that because he'd seen her ghost at McDonald's. Somewhere around the same time, he told me there was a little boy named Ryan that lives upstairs in the hospital. One evening last summer, he went to see my dad, and my son screamed from the kitchen and looked genuinely frightened. He was so terrified and wanted to go home. I tried to get him to open up about what he saw in that kitchen but he refuses to speak about it. Sorry, I know it's not much of a story, but it's still interesting behavior. And then she went on to say before that in a separate email, I haven't been listening to the show in any particular order, but I was alone at work listening to the Halloween episode from a couple years ago. It's the episode where Preston's audio stopped working and he had had trouble with his EVP audio. Anyway, I was at my desk when I heard the printer start printing out of nowhere. The printer is right next to me, and I looked in the tray, and it was something I printed earlier that had reprinted. Ghost in the machine, baby. (laughs) Right. So I went on working and had to stop the episode. Later that night, I was in bed and turned the episode back on. And out of nowhere, my son's Buzz Lightyear started making noise. It went on randomly for like 30 minutes, even after I turned the episode off, because I was creeped out. (laughs) (laughs) Poltergeist. That's awesome. Uh, My brother and I had, when I was probably like, I don't know, eight or nine, maybe younger, we had this this thing called like Mr. Game Show. Mr. Game Show. Mr. Game Show. I'll try to find a picture of it and stick it in the show notes. But like, he was like this really creepy, like howdy doody mixed with like a game show host guy mm-hmm. and you would ask him questions and he'd always say like um like uh congratulations we have a wiener i mean winner and like all these random noises that would go off whenever um you know you'd win or he'd ask a question or whatever and like edgy remember, jokes and shit yeah just yeah. yeah just just cheesy crap 
And I remember several times being, you know, in the middle of the night, dead asleep, waking up to Mr. Go- uh, Mr. <laughs> game Show going off. So, what game should we play? A, famous phrases. B, on the button. C, watch the word. B, on the button, collect the logo. And, like, his head would go back and forth. I think his mouth opened and closed. And, like, his arms moved up and down. <laughs> the, so, ghost, the ghost thought you were being naughty. We have a wiener. I guess so. We have a wiener. What are you doing in there? Um, so, yeah, that's no joke, man. When that kind of stuff happens in the middle of the night, that's some pretty scary shit. But, yeah, that kind of stuff's no joke, man. In the middle of the night when your toys go off, that's really creepy. Now, I wish the rest of the story would have went like this. And so I took the batteries out, and it still went off and made noises for half an hour. Surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kaylee, for writing that in. I'm really sorry I didn't include that in the uh, listener story episode, but we're including it now. And you had asked if we ever told the story... Now hold on a minute. Let's go. Let's go back. That Val Kilmer shit's blowing my mind. (laughs) Like how that is so weird, right? Like how do we know two people? (laughs) It's interesting to say the least. Or Val Kilmer's family is just like massive. Or it's like oh, he's like Snoop Dogg. Everybody's cousin or nephew. No, I don't think he. I don't think he's that. You know, no. I think it's weird. I think it's a weird paranormal, you know, synchronicity, right? <laughs> I don't know. Val Kilmer's a pretty chill guy. We were meant to know like... <laughs> two people related to Val Kilmer and talk about it on the show. The paranormal yeah. gods line this up. That's what I like. I like that Val Kilmer's cousin. That's like our unofficial mascot of the podcast. The Val Kilmer <laughs> yeah. family. That's ours. I like how that's a special thing just for our podcast. If anybody else has stories about Val Kilmer... Being his relative, uh, please write in yeah. and let us know. And if, if you could get us it, an interview with Val Kilmer, like we could have him read a creepy story, that would be even better. And it is kind of weird, though, because, damn, whoa. So Joe, right, from Under Marquee Podcast, mm-hmm. he's a big Kevin Smith fan. Kevin Smith got Val Kilmer in his newest movie. So, but in Ooh. Kevin Smith's movie, he plays, um, it's something to do with the reboot. I don't want to spoil anything because it's pretty funny and you should watch it. So. There's lots of cameos in that movie. I know you don't care for the characters, but our boy Val Kilmer's in there, and maybe even his cousin. He could he could be an extra. We don't know. We don't know what he looks oh, we like. We don't know his Val Kilmer in any way possible. <laughs> <laughs> Our podcast has officially become pixelated yeah. six degrees. Of six Val degrees. Of Kilmer. I mean, he's the only Batman that can rock those nips, so he's got to oh, get props. True. But he's not the only Batman that had nips on his suit. True. Yeah, George George Clooney has some bad bat nipples. So hashtag not my bat nipples. It's all about Jim Carrey and that and that leotard man <laughs> <laughs> playing the Hitler. God. Um, also, if nobody, if nobody, if anybody hasn't watched it, check out. Oh, I forgot the name of it. What's it called? Top Secret. Was that a Val Kilmer movie? Top Secret. I don't know. Possibly. There's only one Val Kilmer movie, boys and girls, that matters. Willow. Peck. Peck, peck, peck. <laughs> Mad Mardigan, baby. Let's go. And the new he's gonna series. Have, he's going to be in uh, just, Willow, yeah. too, uh, right? I, I would hope so. It makes sense. But but he was uh, he was also pretty good on the island of Dr. Monroe. Yeah, that so. movie's fresh, too. That movie's so yeah. creepy. That movie creeped me out when I was younger. Which one is it? It's all the that weird human-animal... Weirdness. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. right. Yeah, 
yeah, there was a movie called Top Secret from 1984, and it's just a really funny kind of comedy spy spoof movie, and Val Kilmer plays a college kid. Um, along with another guy who I cannot think of the name right uh, now. Don't forget Weird Science. Val Kilmer was in that. Indeed he was. Weird Science. Was he really? Yeah. That was like one of his first movies as a you know baby-faced teenager. Oh, holy cow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Well, this isn't a podcast exclusively about Val Kilmer, so let's get back to <laughs> Back Kaylee. to the top, or the story of <laughs> back this. Back to the uh, yeah. Olivia Mabel. Ooh, hey, you know, when you get done with your story, I have a quick story about a topo that I came across the other day that I think is hilarious. Serendipitous. Now, Kaylee, you also sent in some other great stories, too, about um, just really creepy stories of families disappearing, strange disappearances, stuff like that. Um, We will get back to those stories, especially, um, I think it was the Jameson family. Uh, We'll chat about that maybe the first episode of 2021. Uh, but for tonight, we're just going to kind of keep things light and short. Okay. So you asked if we talked about Olivia Mabel. So let's talk about that, shall we? I think this is interesting because it's two-sided. Like you said, it's fictional, but uh, it's still a good story. And then the um, the controversy surrounding whether or not it's actually just, you know, a creepypasta um, is kind of cool, too. So anyway... Just about an hour outside of Dallas, Texas, in the suburb of Selena, was once the happy home of the Mabel family. The Mabel family is made up of Travis Mabel, his wife Olivia, and their seven-year-old son, Aiden. Now, by all accounts, they were a pretty well-adjusted, pleasant family, living the dream on a sprawling property called the Footlights Ranch. And Olivia was described as a loving mother who cherished her son more than anything. Now, they seem to have the perfect life, but as in most good stories, tragedy struck, followed by a very bizarre series of events and an even more bizarre death. On March 13th, 1990, their son Aiden was out playing on the property, but after a while, didn't come home. So the family got a little nervous, went out and looked for him, and they came across a very unsettling sight. Lying there, next to their small pond, was little Aiden, dead of an apparent accidental drowning. And this death shocked the entire community, but especially affected his mother, Olivia, who had apparently been extremely attached to her boy. Now, she reported that she simply couldn't handle the devastating news and the loss of her boy, and she totally shut down. She began alienating her friends and her remaining family, failing to show up to work, and stop taking care of herself. The once cheerful and friendly woman devolved into a total morose recluse, to the point that it led Travis to leave her and file for divorce in early 1991. Now, she was seen around occasionally here and there, and then one day, in September of 1991, she suddenly vanished without a trace. Neighbors never saw her. The postman never saw her. She just vanished. Then weeks turned into months. Months turned into years. And the house had soon become abandoned with no sign of life or of Olivia Mabel. So people just assumed she'd ran off to start a new life somewhere. Or maybe she'd killed herself in some forgotten place out of desperation. 
but then a series of strange events would make things even weirder. On February 27, 1994, the police allegedly received a 911 call from the Mabel House. During the call, whoever was on the other line just stayed quiet and then just hung up. It was very odd, as the Mabel House had been abandoned for years. So curious police officers went to the scene, but they weren't sure what to expect. There was no answer at the door when they knocked, and indeed no sign of life whatsoever. And so the police thought, well, we better just make sure, just to be safe, nobody's inside. And so they let themselves in and found the place to be very dusty and dirty and dank and lifeless, just like they expected an old abandoned house to be. The place was apparently a complete mess, like somebody had gone through and ransacked the house. Well, it's easy to know what it is. It could be a crackhead. Got a hold of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything was disheveled except for Aiden's room. When the police entered his room, they found it to be very eerily clean and well-kept, oddly lacking any of the frosting dust that had covered everything else in the house, like somebody might come home at any minute. This is all a little unsettling, but even more so was what they found sitting in the corner of Aiden's room. There, perched upon a rocking chair, wearing a nightgown and slippers, and holding a weird stick-figured doll, was the corpse of Olivia Mabel, found at last. Now, judging by the look of her body, it appeared she had been dead for several months at least, although the cause of death was not apparent. And directly in front of her was a trunk with a bed sheet thrown over it and covered with pictures of Aiden, as well as toys and candles and flowers and an urn full of ashes, like she'd made an altar to celebrate her deceased son. Police also found upon this strange altar a handwritten note which had said, My dear Aiden, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I should have never let it get like this. I'm leaving. I will not let you keep me, you vile, evil creature. Mommy loves you. And at the bottom of the note was a message written in some foreign language, which turns out to be Sanskrit, police later would finally discover and the words translated into construct or to build. But the story gets even creepier than that because a date signed on the bottom of the note says it was written February 27, 1994, the same exact day the police were standing in the room. So it's assumed that Olivia obviously must have post-dated the letter after lurking around the house, you know, for some unknown amount of time worshipping her dead son before ultimately killing herself. But what did that note mean? And what was that altar all about? Indeed, who also made the 911 call? What the hell was going on in here? And one of the police officers on the scene, Francesca Santiago, thought she might actually know what just happened. And she would go on to say this, I spent a lot of time in El Paso and had an uncle who was into some really dark occult stuff. I recognized it immediately. When I walked in that room and I saw the symbols and photos on the altar, I felt a strong, angry presence looming over me. It was honestly the last thing I expected to see in this town. 
One of the oddest parts for me is the date on the bottom of the letter that we found, dated the very day we kicked that swollen door down. The city concluded that she post-dated everything, but I don't believe she was alone in that house, and I don't believe her spirit wasn't still in that room with us that night. But then that makes sense to me because I'm the crazy one, right? Now the case is said to go on unsolved and the house stayed abandoned and forgotten until later the property owner decided to try to sell the house but knowing it had a dark past they called in a paranormal investigator who took an interest in the story and came to investigate the property one of these paranormal investigators was drew navarro who was allegedly very impressed and very afraid of what he encountered there so he would go on to say In the hundreds of locations I have studied, I've never felt such an imposing force. I couldn't breathe, my heart kept constantly racing, its energy kept changing. But none of it felt inviting. Whatever's in there, it's extremely possessive and behaves so erratically, like a jealous child throwing a tantrum. As far as I'm concerned, that house and that entire property should be avoided. It needs a serious intervention because I'm not sure what we're dealing with here. One idea that seems to be thrown around in a lot of cases is that considering the altar and the strange items like the doll and the message that was written in Sanskrit, Olivia Mabel may have been trying to carry out a ritual in order to create a tulpa of her dead son. Mm -hmm. Now, a tulpa is also called a thought form, a concept originally that comes from Tibetan Buddhism. And we've talked about these before. Belgian-French explorer, spiritualist, and Buddhist Alexandra David Neal had observed a tulpa creation in the 20th century in Tibet and wrote in Magic and Mystery in Tibet, her book, that once the tulpa is endowed with enough vitality to be capable of playing the part of a real being, it tends to free itself from the maker's control. This say Tibetan occultists, happens nearly mechanically, just as a child, when the body is completed and able to live apart, it leaves its mother's womb. And you guys can also read more about uh, the idea of tulpas and thought forms if you ever just want to Google the Philip experiment. Um, That's a really interesting case, supposedly true life case of some scientists in Canada that supposedly made their own tulpa. So the idea is that Olivia Mabel, in her crushing grief and desperation to see her son again, she may have stayed in that filthy house secretly conducting rituals to try to create the tulpa of her dead son, which then may have spun out of control and turned on her and was the, quote, vile creature she wrote about in her note, and even possibly the entity that could have called 911. This would also explain the insidious presence that was said to dwell there by the paranormal investigator. Now this all sounds kind of neat and kind of fun, except there's one problem here. Internet sleuths have gone through and discovered there was a Kickstarter campaign around the same exact time by Elf Tree Media who were trying to make a film based on this supposed case called Thoughtform. Now, unfortunately, the project never got fully funded, so it never got kicked off. But some people have pointed out this might actually, instead of a real story, just be all made up as a viral ad campaign for the Kickstarter movie. 
There's lots of red flags that point this out, such as, you know, the apparent lack of any actual news reports you can find if you actually try to Google and do a deep dive. I went through five different websites, found pretty much the same story. So, unfortunately, this all could just be a made-up story that then got taken out of context, kind of like a uh, creepypasta, per se. Mm, it's weird. Yeah, it's hard to say for sure whether or not this is a real story or just something that was written to help boost a movie that ended up, you know, failing. And as a lot of archives do, this just got kind of, you know, left on the internet and fell into modern folklore, as a lot of this kind of stuff does. But worst case, it still makes for a pretty, pretty fun story. So, Kaylee, thanks for writing that in. We really appreciate it. And um, the other stories you shared with us. there are specifically two that I'm going to read next time we join after the new year uh, are true stories. There is news that documents it, so that'll be a lot of fun. I can't wait to get into those tales. But Preston, you said you had something about Tulpas as well? Yeah, actually, um, your the Philip experiment <clears throat> um, okay. got the cogwheels moving in my brain. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a very similar... Um, phenomenon at a um, plantation in uh, I believe it's Louisiana and it's supposed to be like one of the most haunted plantations and you can take like ghosters and um, there is like the spirit of a slave girl named like Elizabeth that was hung by um, like outside of the plantation on a on a tree Mm -hmm. and um so, I mean, for like generations, they've been telling the story about this slave that, you know, tried to run away and the plantation owners hung her and um, she was like a voodoo priestess. And so now she like haunts the plantation. So every single time that you go and do this ghost tour, you're, you're told the same story, same story, same story. But if you go back and actually look at the archives and the logs of that plantation, there's not one slave that fits the age, fits the description, fits any of that to that story. There's no document, you know, a slave, you know, because even if they hung a slave or they beat a slave to death, they would actually make a documentation of that. So there's no actual historical record of anything happening like that on the plantation from that time period. Mm -hmm. But um, later paranormal investigators basically came to the conclusion that because that folklore, that tale was passed down to so many people and so many people believed it, that it actually caused a thought form or a tulpa of this girl on that plantation. And that's why so many paranormal investigators could actually get an EVP of the girl saying, you know, my name is Elizabeth, because so many people believed into it that they created the thought form on that historical site. Mm. Um, but that's not the uh, the Tulpa story that I, I wanted to tell. Uh, in the last couple of years, um, you know, bronies um, are a thing, and uh, there are wait are back pe- up. Bronies are a thing, or bronies comma our thing. No, they are a thing. Okay, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, don't you uh, fucking sit here and say that that's my kind of shit because it's not. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so obviously the three of us are not in, into bronies, but um, you know there there you can search Reddit and there are people that have created a brony tulpa um, yeah. or like a Q 
cute little pony topa uh, friend. <laughs> and um, in the, um, oh, what is it? The In the Sierra Nevada, um, there's that area of mountain ranges that are supposed to be like high in spiritual energy. Mm-hmm. Um, the name's escaping me right now, but there's like a vortex there. So there's been this, this surge of people going to this area and meditating on the mountainside to help create tulpas. <clears throat> One of them being bronies, so they can have a cute little, you know, um, horse companion, cartoon horse companion. Uh, but the other one is sex tulpas. And, um, you know, um, sex tulpas are gaining in popularity. So this guy um, decided that he was going to go to this this mountain range and use the, the vortex energy to help him create a sex topa. And he didn't want like a normal, you know, sexy sex topa slave. He wanted a giant size one. So he wanted it to be dominated by a giant sex topa. That was his that was his niche. That was his kink. <laughs> a- according to him, he was successful in the creation of this tulpa. However, like all tulpas, it got out of control and it kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it got more dominating and dominating to the point that um, at some point in its existence, it actually started using him as a human dildo. And it was like, you know, ramming him inside of itself. And he's like, I can't breathe. I'm choking because he's being rammed inside this giant vagina. And then it kept getting bigger and to where like when he would see it, it would be like the size of a skyscraper. And then it kept getting bigger and then bigger to where like it was actually now existing outside of the planet. And then it kept getting bigger to where when he would actually look into the, you know, to the up into the sky or like, you know, like at night, like all he would see is darkness because this thing got so big. Yeah, it eventually just caused him to have a mental breakdown because now he had this like, you know, galactic size entity like trying to dominate him and, and like he just had a mental breakdown. So if you're thinking hmm. about listeners creating your very own sex tulpa, maybe not a giant size one, you know. Maybe like a, uh, you know, Gimli dwarf size sex topa might be safer. <laughs> uh, you know, so there you that's go. it. That's what I got. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. It's yeah. Wild. <laughs> yeah, that's a trip. My, my sex topa's got a squeeze box. Daddy never sleeps at night. <laughs> there you go, Kaylee. <laughs> You're uh, welcome. Just what you want. And- yeah. Yeah, and thank you so much for uh, for writing in. And again, I just hit my desk. Sorry about that. Uh, and again, sorry for uh, completely just stowing that away in my secret hiding spot. I uh, did not mean to just exclude you. Now, speaking of listener stories and so on and so forth, please, if you have listener stories, send them to me. Send them to us, to our email, pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. I promise I made a brand new file in our Gmail called listener stories. That's where everything goes. (laughs) So I don't just flag it as important and then forget where I stashed it. Um, please, if you'd like, also, we have a Google Voice number. If you want to give us a call, you're certainly welcome to. We'd love to hear from you. We can just put your actual voice recording into the show. Uh, messages can be about three minutes long, so if you need to, you can hang up and then just uh, call us right back and finish your story. Phone number is 913-662-3144. So please give us a call if you'd like. Now, the hard-hitting 
question here is, have you, dear listener, sent us your question for our next episode for Christmas? We'll be dropping a Q&A episode and ask us anything episode. We've already had a ton of really great questions come in. Mm-hmm. We'd love to answer more. So please shoot us a DM, a PM, an email, a, a private message if you know us personally, or uh, you know, reach out however you want to. Um, no question is too silly. It can be something deep like, you know, what's your favorite uh, cryptid encounter you've covered? What's your favorite monster you haven't talked about? Or something simple like, what's your favorite pizza topping? What's your favorite band? Uh, we answered some of those questions already last time we did this. But yeah, Boom again. Shoot us. Yeah, hell <laughs> yeah, our we na- will. Our, our, na- our answers could have changed. Who knows? Yeah, the, yeah, that's very true. It's been a weird year. So yeah, please. If you'd like, just uh, shoot us a question. We'd love to answer it next time around. Who knows? If we have too many, we might just have to do a double episode and give you uh, half of it on Christmas and half of it on New Year's Eve. Boom. Boom shakalaka. All right, guys. Let's plug some stuff and get out of cool. here. Cool. Well, you done did most of it. Hit us up on Facebook, Pixelate Paranormal Podcast. Send us the messages on there or comment on the posts with your questions. If you want to do them publicly, that's cool. Also, our Instagram, PXL Paranormal. Get on there and do the same thing. Leave us the questions. Send us the messages. Mm-hmm. It'll be mm-hmm. great. That's it. And don't forget, yeah. like and subscribe on YouTube. Indeed. Yeah, that's slowly kind of creeping up. We've seen some comments popping up here and there. That's always good to hear. Get some positive feedback on our um, possession series we did, so we really appreciate that. And also, give us a uh, give us a review and a rating on iTunes if you would, please. We're uh, racking those up. We'd love to hear from you, see what you think, and uh, we'll happily read your review on uh, next episodes. Oh, harvesting that burp for a while. Double checking here. Don't see any new ones since November, so that's cool. And uh, while you're at it, check out the rest of the shows on the Pixelated Sausage Network. Check out Pixelated Sausage, Attack the Backlog on YouTube. Check out Animazingly Baka with Mark and his friend who talk about anime. 13 Nightmares, the Scream episode is going to drop this week. Finishing up the edit on that. And also, outside of our network, please check out Under the Marquee with Joe and Samantha. And then please also check out the Bat Brains podcast with Jules Mallory. It's a lot of fun. They just had a really good dive into Robin Williams. Their show's pretty exciting. Oh, nice. um, it's Yeah, oh yeah, it's really good. Uh, their show's pretty good because it's going to mix both the paranormal and true crime with actual mental health. So they're very big advocates for mental health. It's really interesting the way they kind of weave those two topics together because they go hand in hand in almost every case. So, Presto, what do you got? And as always, if you need a beard, If you want a beard, if you want to grow the best beard, hell, if you got a brony mane and you need to make that puppy look lush, check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order and get yourself some scents like Dundee Cedar Bay Rum, Sweet Tobacco, Fresh, Citrus, and Classic. Mmm, and Sweet Tabasco. Yeah. That's the one that Sean accidentally created in a group chat. I am an idiot. (laughs) I know I'm good on beer products. I still got a full tin of sweet Tabasco. Like, what the the fuck is that? When did that become a thing? Uh, What a maroon. 
<laughs> All right. And if you're here locally in Wichita, please go down to Pawnee and Seneca and check out CD Trade Post. Pop in, say hi to Leslie and the gang. Uh, shop local for Christmas. Buy stuff from your local makers, your local vendors, people who make stuff. You know, big box stores are going to be fine. Support the little guy this holiday season and every other day of the year. Did I forget anything? No. Should be it. No. Cool. All right. Until next time, guys, cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. Stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.